Hello everyone, welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 147. Happy Father's Day, Steve, your first time <laughs> as a father. You're like, what, 30th time as a son or 35? 30, 34th? 34th? Wait, what, how old am I? I'm 33 right now. So 33. Okay, so this will, this will be the 34th then, right? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, how was it? Did you, did, you got to sleep in, no Sle- one made you breakfast in bed. No, I, I, to be fair, I didn't, that was breakfast in bed was from you. I didn't, or like was your sort of question. I didn't, I didn't expect breakfast in bed. Um, but it's good. I slept in. I then just did normal dad stuff, you know, played with the baby, hmm. fatter, all that good stuff. I got a, a Wu-Tang clan shirt that says Wu-Tang's for the children. It is. Which, uh. <laughs> Which I'm thoroughly, I, it's one of my new favorite shirts now. So, excellent. It's good. So, shout out to all the dads out there and rest in peace, my dad. And, uh, yeah, it's actually, it's getting a little soapboxy. It's a little, it's, it's a tough, like, couple weeks because Father's Day and then my dad's birthday would have been the 25th of June. And then July 10th mm-hmm. is when he died. So, <clears throat> these next three weeks is always like, this, this, like, month is always, like, kind of tough, or at least has been last year and now this year. So, mm-hmm. RAP, but also shout out to all the dads and big brothers and father figures and et cetera out there. The world is better for you having been a good dad. Not you as like you, Steve, you in general, dads who are good to people. I don't yeah. know where I was going with that, but <laughs> for everyone else, <laughs> this is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. My name's Steven, spelled with a PH and an A like Stefan, but it said Steven. Uh, and of course, the other Steven with a PH. But an E, we just call him Steve to avoid confusion. You know the drill. CanadianGameDevs.com is supported, of course, by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash CanadianGameDevs, where backing us gets you special two-day early access to this show uh, via an RSS feed. You can plug right into any podcast app you use. Uh, Shoutouts at the end of every episode. Uh, the knowledge that you're helping us keep the lights on, covering the game dev scene, and occasional game giveaways uh, with all the keys we got floating around. We're swimming in keys, Steve. You're up to your you're up to your nipples and keys. <laughs> I have so many, and your nipples are pretty high off the ground. I so. know I'm a t- I'm a tall boy. <laughs> uh, I have so many Steam games that I have no interest in playing because I usually just get them like it's from like the humble bundles and help out a good cause. Yeah, I mean the fir- the first one I got was the fire the Australian fires, which seems like it was seven years ago, but was actually like six months ago. Um, you're lying <laughs> no look, look it up google that that was 2017 oh my god it's it's unbelievable so i got that there was the i forget, I forget all the other ones i got was there a humble bundle for black lives matter i don't know if i got that one yeah there was a fight for racial justice uh, which is still going i think I, I actually should double check that but um i got the the itchio one last week on the podcast but I don't. My friend messaged me the day it ended, and he was like, "Dude, I missed the Itchia bundle." I was like, "Come on, you had like a month." <laughs> yeah. So the fight for racial justice. Uh, let's see. It goes on for another day and twelve hour, twenty hours. So patrons, if you're listening to this on Monday, you can still get it. Everyone else, you missed it. You should just follow Humble Bundle on Twitter. And, They're and at four point six too. million. Um, what did the the itchio one hit like eight point three? This something, one's at four point six. Something ridiculous. Yeah, actually, the other one I got is COVID. So because that's mm. still technically a thing, although you wouldn't, <laughs> you would kind of forget about it. We're at eleven days, no cases in uh, Nova Scotia. Oh, really? So d- yeah, you're still working from home though. I am. 
What do you... And a bunch of uh, places still aren't open. Like, you're allowed to open, yeah. but a bunch of places still aren't. Yeah, my work sent uh, out a survey. I mean, it's Toronto, so there's going to be cases even, like, maybe even next year there'll, there'll be cases, right? Because it's just the population, mm-hmm. the density of the city. <clears throat> but my work sent out a survey last week or this week asking just about, like, what we all think about coming back to work. And... Mm. I, I, because like a lot of us take the TTC, like, I feel like you could take the TTC, like I, for those who are in Toronto, like from Young Shepherd to Bloor, which is, you know, seven or eight stops. And I could run into more people and interact with more people on that subway than I could walking into a mall in my hometown of Owen Sound for like 10 hours, just because mm-hmm. of like the density of, of people in the Young Shepherd line. So I think Toronto is going to take a little bit longer to open up and i would hope that's the case but you know i think now you're allowed to uh, 10 people or less gatherings you're allowed to kind of be around or whatever so COVID's still a thing don't uh <laughs> don't forget about that 87 percent of cases in canada are linked to nursing homes which is uh not talked about enough the and uh there's also a correlation between a not insignificant number of former conservative MPPs are now board of trustees at private nursing homes. So I'm just going to leave that out there. I'm put, I'm just putting that fact out. You can do whatever you want with that fact. Um, yeah, I think, I think like (laughs) nursing homes and and stuff are going to have a lot more like regulations and stuff after all this stuff is kind of, you'd think so, but I would hope so. I'm skeptical. Mm. We'll see. Uh, but that's not why you're here. You're here for all the Canadian events, jobs, news, and opinions that we like to deliver weekly on our show, which is now on YouTube, Steve, with some hot new graphics and jingles. Love check it. it out. I had a lot of people. Well, I sent it to a lot of people. I'm like, what do you think of this? And they sent back. I love it. And these are people I would I would trust to give constructive criticism. So I think it's good. We did good. Awesome. Um, yeah, we did nothing. Well, I mean, we did nothing. Do you no, want, we really didn't do anything. Do you want to so shout the out? The creatives helped us out. Yeah. Shout out the people who did it. I don't know who they are. I forget what their names. Uh, we got hot new graphics from Wagner Co. I want to say co-op, but it's probably not. It's probably some other Swedish name I can't pronounce. Mm. K-O-O-P. They did the graphics for Chapo Trap House, uh, one of my latest fave podcasts. Um, we got the nice new intro animation intro animation from uh, Wagner as well, as well as I got um, studio director at Remy Games, Reed Price, who's a musician and a composer, to do a cool little jingle for that. It's lovely. I love it. It, it makes me so happy when I see it. Yeah, it's dope. And we paid um, them in exposure. No, we paid them real money. No, we paid them in Canadian dollars, which is basically the same thing. Um, we're going to start with some events. Uh, there's still an interactive Ontario online town hall happening June 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern. That is where you should go to look up and learn about all the relief uh, for indie studios uh, who may have suffered as a result of COVID. Um, you'll also be able to ask questions. Eventbrite is still up and tickets are free and available. In a similar vein on the West Coast, DigiBC is having a town hall uh, for COVID-19 assistance for indie studios. That's the same day, Monday, June 22nd, but it's at 6 p.m. Pacific to 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are also free, and they're also still available. In the fall, Game Dev Atlantic is going from an in-person um, sort of uh, day-long event of talks and hanging out to a digital day-long stream of talks, and that is... Uh, more information coming soon, but to mark your calendars, it's September eighteenth, nine to nine, Atlantic Standard Time. Is that in the? And is that in Halifax? Uh, last year it was. Yeah, I was at a, a hotel right downtown. It was a lot. Of, it was really fun. I went, and that's where um, 
indie mobile studio Alpha Dog Games announced that they got bought by Bethesda, and so they threw the after party. It was pretty cool. I'd recommend... Well, I guess you can't go this year, but, you know, the the talks were interesting. <laughs> I learned a lot, and they're going to be free and online instead of paid and in person as they were last year, so nice. no excuse. Yeah. And the game developers of Color Expo happening the day after that on September 19th. There's still time to get tickets, supply if you want to talk, and I think they're doing mentorships too, question mark. But yeah, just search up GDOC Expo for all of that. Um, but yeah, people are also sharing events as they come up in our Discord. Uh, we have different channels for the different regions in Canada. So if you want to go connect with your local scene, that'd be a good place to start. Similar to those COVID things too, we did do a podcast with uh, Insert Corn Accounting uh, mm. a couple weeks ago that I would recommend checking out. That went over basically kind of some of the benefits and, or I guess, some of the programs and stuff that are looking out there to benefit like small businesses and, and whatnot with COVID relief things. So mm-hmm. you can also check that out. There are resources. Tons. All right. One game job to plug for you today. A Game Studios is still looking for a 2D artist for their 70s themed retro future sci-fi game. Sounds dope as hell. Uh, if you are such 2D artists who are based in Ontario and willing to work remotely and can commit at least 10 to 15 hours a week for the next eight-ish months, you should go to our site, CanadianNevs.com slash jobs and check out that. They're willing to pay $30 an hour, Steve. Not bad. Not bad at all. Working, of course, with 2D assets such as game sprites, character environments, UI, working with the game's creative director um, on using concept art to help refine the general look and tone of the game. You must understand and be able to implement game art pipeline in Unity. Um, Bonus points if you've worked on a game before and are familiar with the full development cycle of a game to pre-production to post-launch. A Game Studios. Check it out on our site, CanadianNevs.com slash jobs. Now into the fun stuff, Steve. Not that games aren't jobs and events aren't fun, but I, I, I think I would say like the meat of the show, you know, the prime rib of the CanadianGamedos.com <laughs> podcast is the news. Yeah, we gave you the veggies. We gave the potatoes. And you have to eat those potatoes. Those potatoes are important. Yeah, the cranberry the cranberry sauce. No, the cranberry sauce can get scraped straight into the garbage. You don't I like don't cranberry, sauce? cranberry sauce? No, and, 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 and like my mom likes it. My girlfriend likes it. People like it. So like I'm aware it exists and there's a market for it, but I don't understand <laughs> but it. But you're all. not part of that market. Not at all. That's fair. I, I don't like mind edible lettuce because they know you're just going to flip it right into the garbage and they'd rather knock it on the plate. I don't mind it. It's just the only time I ever eat it as, is at Thanksgiving. I like cranberry in juice form. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't like That's that. all I have to say about cranberries. <laughs> That's fair. So we gave you that stuff, but now this is the meat. This is the meat. This is the meat. First up, Steve, 2019's. <laughs> Best mobile game, Grindstone, has added new levels, new items, bosses, more. I downloaded the update. I'm playing through. What, what, what's to say about Grindstone? It hasn't already been said by me a million times on the show. It's amazing. If you haven't played it, now's a great time to jump back in. Or, sorry, if you haven't played it, now's a great time to start it. And if you have played it and got to the end like me, now's a great time to jump back in. It's amazing. It's the best match game I've ever played. Better than Matchland. And uh, I bold, love Matchland, Steve. It's a bold statement, friend. Matchland's great, and I don't even know if you could call Grindstone a match game per se because of all the different, like, loadout stuff you can do. Yeah. They, they do share some similarities in, like, your items are, like, the heroes you bring into battle and you can, like, swap them out and stuff, but they are very different in that 
Grindstone's a much more methodical game that you pause between every run and you, you execute once you've drawn the line you want, whereas Matchland's like, go, 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 get as many as you can. There's a bit of planning out before you start, but really it's just reacting to what drops in. Yeah. No, it's fair. And uh, and I think, um, yeah, it's a great game, deserving of everyone's time and attention. Huh. I didn't particularly That's, of course, like it, from Toronto-based indie studio Cappy Bear. You didn't like <laughs> Grindstone? No, I, I tried playing. I played it two or three. Like I tried getting into it two or three times. The most recently, since the last update, when I got um, Apple Arcade for uh, a fold apart last month, mm. and I I don't know what it is. I I just like I I just play and I'm, and I'm like I'm just not enjoy, I'm just don't get sucked in. You know? Oh, I, I don't know, but that's okay. <laughs> we are we are different people, Stephen. That's okay. <laughs> but good news for Grandstone fans because because it, it's all free. Do you know? If any of these Apple Arcade games have like since left the service and have come out as just Apple, like as iOS games, mm, that's a great question, and I don't because Grandstone was a launch game, right? Yep, it was there day one. Yeah, so I don't know of any games that have left the service and have since been released. So I wonder if like eventually, if it's like a year thing, like Grandstone will eventually come out free to play or for like three bucks or something like that, and how if it changes or whatever. Like I'm just interested in how that evolves, mm. but. Um, I mean, Apple Arcade is like five bucks. Like, if you play even a little bit of phone games on your phone, like it's worth it. But mm-hmm. cool, good news for them. Good news. Uh, in other bigger non-indie news, um, two stories on the site this week as it unraveled. EA announced Star Wars Squadrons uh, during a standalone live stream on um, June fifteenth, and then during EA's. EA Play Live event, they showed gameplay, and that's what you know really counts when we when we break it down. I'm I'm all my boxes are checked, Steve. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna say it right off the bat: no microtransactions, uh, no in-game purchases. It's uh, 54.99 Canadian single player uh, campaign, multiplayer, cross-play at launch, uh, playable in VR. It's on PS4, Xbox One, PC. Supports both the PC VR major platforms and PSVR. They're just they're just just checking every single box on my list here. That would make me skeptical of another Star Wars game after the <laughs> somewhat disappointing uh, foray EA had with Battlefront. And in my personal experience, Jedi Fallen Order, which was one of the most abysmally running games I played last year, it was yeah. How Jedi Fallen Order ran was the was like really the only bad part about it. But it was it ran like shit. So it definitely ruined a lot of the like cinematics for me. Um, but yeah, this like this game looks awesome. Like I'm I'm kind of upset I sold my VR unit too because I'd love to play this <laughs> in PSVR. Um, the Canadian angle here, of course, being developed by EA Motive in Montreal, <laughs> uh, which was one of the studios who assist I think led or assisted on Battlefront Two. I think they did um, the single player for Battlefront Two. Yeah, and then Dice in Europe did the multiplayer stuff, the multiplayer, and they're also that's it. EA Motive is also like kind of the remnants of Bioware. Montreal, mm, yeah, a bunch of them moved over. Um, which is the Andromeda, Rip Andromeda, uh, Andromeda team in our hearts. <laughs> so the only thing really is is Battlefront two single player. Like I did, I liked it. A lot of people didn't, and and um, Mass Effect Andromeda, you know, wasn't best received game. So that's kind of the only concern with this is that it's mm. coming from a team that hasn't yet kind of produced something amazing. Um, mm. But I mean, like you said, it checks all the boxes so far. Like, 
budget title doesn't look like a budget title single player campaign multiplayer no microtransactions looks like you level mm-hmm. up and stuff mm-hmm. look the worlds look sweet the gameplay looked really cool and smooth like it mm-hmm. it looks awesome i can't wait to play it um like i said the only concern is that the team it's coming from isn't re- hasn't really had the best track record so far mm. yeah my, my critiques of the battlefront 2 campaign were more um playing as the space not space nazis was like one of the big things i was like no star wars should always focus on the uh the rebels when you clear cut the good and bad like that, just don't play as the bad guys. Yeah, like, but that's like a totally personal preference. Yeah, they're not like a misunderstood like bad. Yeah, team. this isn't a gray area. This yeah. is the enslave, murder, and repress the galaxy versus the not do that. And you you went with the do that. <laughs> so it's like whatever they they were trying to do something new. And actually, you know what? Full disclosure, I didn't beat it. I got halfway through it and got super bored. But mm. so maybe at the very end, she's like, oh wait are we the Nazis? Like, you know, that famous, <laughs> are, we the the guy, yeah. are we the baddies? <laughs> so maybe that happens two thirds of the way through. I don't know, but it was, it wasn't doing anything for me at the start. I don't remember. Like, I believe you do kind of, uh, you do kind of stop being the bad person and join the rebels. I can't remember. I, I don't remember though. Like, uh, the, the game opens with them looking up at the Death Star being blown up at the end of episode six, and they're all just, like, super upset, and I'm like, I immediately don't empathize with any of you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about any of you. Let's see. Um, but Star Wars Squadrons looks, looks, Steve, dope. Yeah. I want to see it running on an Xbox above 20 frames per second before I say anything else admirably about this game. Yeah, a little concerning that it's um, not. I don't know if "concerns" the right word, but it's just like, why isn't it coming to PS Five and, and Xbox Series X? Now those games will like it will run on those consoles, but I guess I'm I guess I'm a little confused at just like what it will mean to have to buy a three um, an Xbox One game or a PS Four game and what and play it on a PS Five or Xbox Series X. Because a lot of because like Cyberpunk today like or this week announced that you know if you buy the PS4 version it'll work on PS5 and then there, and but then there's also a patch later on that will um, that will like make it better and they mm-hmm. and they kind of announced the same thing for Series X so I'm just like okay so will it play better or do they have, do the developers have to like plan that ahead sort of thing so I'm I'm just curious about that that being said I mean I would probably I'm probably just going to play it on PS5 regardless anyways so but what if it never what if it just never comes to ps5 what if it's one of those games well that and that's what i mean like well it, if it never gets that patch like again if it just runs fine enough like that's that's fine um mm. i guess i'm just like you know when the ps4 came out and the xbox one came out like we saw a lot of these like cross-generation games where it's, it was on like all four of them like ps3 360 ps4 and xbox one mm. yeah like destiny yeah exactly um and I don't know if we're going to really see that or if they'll just like release these as PS4 games and then there'll be like a logo on the box that says like optimize for PS5 or something like that. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I could see them doing a, I don't know, Star Wars PS4 bundle down the road where it's like Battlefront 2, Jedi, and this for maybe like 100 bucks because they like to bundle their games. Like I'm sure you've seen the FIFA Madden bundles and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, like, maybe they do that in, like, holiday 2021, <clears throat> where it's just, like, a bunch of their, the, the big three, like, Battlefront 2, Squadrons, and Jedi Fallen Order, like, bundle. I could see that on right. next gen. 
Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm reading the plot of Battlefront 2, and about more than halfway through the plot summary, it says, several months later, Inferno Squad, which is who you play as, are sent to mm-hmm. whatever to assist Han Solo. So at some point, you do join the Rebels. Hmm. It sounds like. Okay. But I don't remember. Uh, I'll probably never, ever play that game again. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> also, sorry if you hadn't played the 2017 game we just spoiled for you, but Han Solo is in it. Spoilers. Um, yeah, EA, Motive, I'm excited. Star Wars, Squadrons. Yeah. I am excited too, and it comes out right before my birthday, so wink, wink, nudge, nudge. To EA Motive? Yeah, send me, send me, hook me up. All right, next, next bit of news today. First person shooter Pamela has gotten a full release on Steam. Uh... Steve, you've been covering this on the site for a while. It's by NVYVE Studios in Toronto. Yeah, I think I think just the Envy Studios. Um, oh, you know what? That makes sense. It, it was released on early access, like back in like 2016 or something, like when I was first doing the site. And uh, I found like a podcast, like episode 30 with like Jake Budno and, and Brett. And we talked about like that game and, and Severed and other things. And it's just a nice little blast from the past. But um, I kind of forgot about the studio because they... They have another game, Gun something, I forget. Um, but it's they, not on Steam. Oh, Hyper Gun. Hyper Gun, yeah. So I, I kind of forgot about these guys for a little bit, and then all of a sudden I saw this tweet out, like, it's coming full, like, you know, it's full of the game, and it has a story, like a bigger story or whatever, and all these bug fixes and all these things. So good on them. I thought Pamela always looked really sweet. Like, it looks kind of like a Bioshocky because you, it takes place in this, like, kind of utopian city that's been destroyed so that's pretty much what rapture was supposed to be mm-hmm. um so i I'm, i want to play it i'm gonna you got a codes didn't you or code? yeah so we we had a, a little finagling with our, our terminals.io account this week for those who don't know terminals.io is a, a place where people can uh, or press can make accounts and sort of follow different creators and ask for codes and stuff so we're we're, we're in the i was using like my personal account with a bunch of the canadian devs channels to get keys and stuff for Canadian games. But now we've, we've made like a joint one, Steve and I share. So we're just reapplying for that. But right before we did that, I got a code for Pamela on steam and we will be streaming it this week. Twitch.tv slash Canadian game devs. So I'm also interested to check it out. Yeah. I want to, um, I want to, you'll have to tell me when you actually stream it. Cause I want to tune into that for sure. Um, good on them. I think their next game, Hypergun, is supposed to, was supposed to come out to PS4 and stuff too. I don't know if I, I, I don't think it ever did. So came out in 2018 on steam. Let's take a, so let's take a quick look. probably probably not probably at this point you know two two years ps5 launch game <laughs> uh next bit of news today um uh, <laughs> graceful explosion machine got a physical switch release from super rare games which is a uk company that makes physical copies of the game it's 30 us uh or if you want to spring for the collector's edition it's a bit more or they did a bundle of like all the games this month. It's like a hundred bucks. You get Tricky Towers, Little Inferno, and Graceful Explosion Machine. The collector's edition comes with um, some trading cards, I think. But yeah, it's a uh, game from Vertex Pop, an indie studio based in Toronto. One of my favorite games of 2017. It's a twin stick shooter, kind of like Resogun, where like you're on a cylinder going left and right. It's not so much um, twin stick from the top down perspective, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great, it's beautiful, it's really addictive, and it's super easy to beat, but super hard to master, which, as everyone knows, is the hallmark of a great action arcade game. It's still available, I'm on the website right now, and you can add it to your cart. So if you're listening to this, probably still available, 
And if you loved Graceful Explosion Machine, go check it out. Or you like physical copies of games. Or both. Probably both would be the person who would buy this. <laughs> I liked, what did uh, you think of it? You liked it, right? I liked it a lot. It was great. Um, I haven't gotten back to it since like it first came out, though. Because I remember the mm-hmm. one thing that was annoying... I might be I might be getting this wrong, but there was something along the lines of like you couldn't upload a save unless you're doing it at the time that you got it or upload a score. So if you weren't like online or connected, you couldn't then go back and like upload that score. And so I I would get a lot of scores just like traveling and stuff when I wasn't connected to the internet. And then they patched that in, and uh, and I couldn't like by that point I had already moved on. And I couldn't like go back and get those scores or whatever. So are you playing on Switch? Yeah. Mm. I played on Switch when it first came out, yeah. Yeah, I played on Switch too. I have it on my. I remember the wish. night it came out was like trivia at my school, uh, at university trivia night. But uh, I was just useless to my team because I was just sitting at the booth at the coffee shop just playing Graceful Explosion Machine. <laughs> I I, uh, I, I have into it. I have a wish listed on PS4 as well, so you can play the sound if you want. But if you but if it ever kind of goes on discount, I'll cop it again on PS4 and get some trophies. Of course you will, Steve. Of course. Of course you will. Next bit of news. <laughs> was that you writing down that you had to play the sound? Yeah. Uh, I, I try to talk over it so it seems more natural, but, you know, you called me out, so that's fine. That's, I'm not upset about anything. Sorry. <laughs> Friend of the show and patron, Devin Wiersma, uh, Toronto-based uh, designer uh, working at Ubisoft TO, hype for Watch Dogs Legion, has released and fully funded a Kickstarter for their Rules Light Materials Free rpg runt uh they hit full funding within 24 hours and are now hitting all their stretch goals uh they're at 462 canadian of their 200 dollar goal uh it's an eight page rules light story driven tabletop rpg designed for two or more players featuring simple freeform mechanics which are easy to internalize allowing for a greater focus on the story world and experience and less fiddling with complex rules or remembering intricate systems I back the game, Steve. That's one of my things that help prohibits me uh, from getting into other tabletop games. Is like, I want to do this. All right, roll. Uh, you got whatever. You can't do it. I'm like, oh, fine. I won't do it. And <laughs> if we can get rid of that, I think I'll enjoy it more. Yeah. So I'm excited for this. If you want to get a PDF copy of the rules, um, and or create your, I don't know if uh, one of the stretch goals is like design a character in the game. Let me see if that tier has been uh, been used yet. Ooh, yep. there's one left of the top tier to uh, get a character in the guidebook. So if you want to do that, hurry on over. Kickstarter, search for Runt. But uh, all the other tiers have no limits on them. Ooh, wait, actually, one of them does. And there's eight left of the, the second highest tier. Economic for, uh, backer tier. Yeah, you can get, uh, for $3, you get a digital copy of the game in PDF format and our undying appreciation from from devin nice so yeah full disclosure friend of the show love you devin and i backed this and i think you should too it's, used, uh, it looks cool he used to do stuff for the site too so full disclosure that i think we both consider devin a, a friend and, and he's worked for the site and stuff but i was more than happy to to help kickstart this or whatever um on that day so nice job devin 20 days to go now get working time. on watchdogs <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, next bit of news today. Uh, this one was a bit of a, a sneaker and a developer hadn't been, hadn't been aware of being Canadian. That was a bad way to say that, but, uh, <laughs> are you familiar with a game? Steve made the rounds a few years ago called desert golfing. 
No, and I, I saw this story. I saw you post the story, so I'm interested in, uh, in in knowing this. But no, I I didn't hear of this developer or game before. All right, so my path on Twitter to a lot of these discoveries is someone I really admire tweets about a game they really admire, and that makes me think I should check it out. Mm-hmm. Bennett Foddy is a game designer in New York. I think he teaches at New York University. Uh, very famous for his game Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Uh, the, you know, the guy in the bucket with the hammer, and it's like a really tricky sort of platforming 2d platforming game oh yeah also yeah. famous for Quop, like the runner game with the use different keys yeah um he tweeted out that justin smith the designer of desert golfing and now golf on mars is quote the person whose catalog of games i would most like to have made end quote which i thought wow that's extremely high praise what would elicit such a high praise from a designer i think is pretty dope <laughs> Golf on Mars is a 2D golfing game. Steve, I'm going to read you a bit of the uh, the the um, store description on the App Store for um, Golf on Mars. For centuries, philosophers and mathematicians have gazed up at the night sky and wondered, is there golf on Mars? The year is 2,866. Mars is 35% terraformed. Finally, enough to allow for the playing of golf. Golf across infinite asterisk Rocky Mountain surfaces, discovering golfing obstacles that make us Earthlings gasp in awe. And at the bottom, the asterisk is like, infinity is impossible to represent on any non-quantum computer. <laughs> there are actually only 25 million 770, no, sorry, 25 billion 770 million golf holes in this game. Um, and then the, it just goes on like that. It's very funny. Uh, that's the kind of humor that's in this game. It's one of those like pull to one side and let go to, to golf, but it's, it's weird. It's fun. Um, it's only three bucks on the iOS store. I'd recommend everyone check it out. And it's by Vancouver based self-described game developer extraordinaire, Justin Smith. AKA Captain Games. It's on iOS and Android. Yeah, no excuse. And Unless on, you're on the phone, uh, then you have an excuse. And on Itchio. It's on no Desert Golfing's on Itchio, but I don't oh, think the sorry. Other one is. Okay, I see. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, if you if you want if you want to get the uh, I would say uh, the holistic experience, you, you go back play Desert Golf, two dollars on Itchio, then you download Golf on Mars and check it out. If you hear uh, baby toys in the background, that's just my baby's toys. Ah, makes sense. <laughs> Watch this trailer here, Steve. It's funny. You I did. Seeing, are you seeing this? Yeah, with all the the different levels or whatever. Oh, man. This game's wild. It's good shit. I don't have my phone on me, though, but I might uh, I might, I might cop this. I mean, it's two, what, three bucks, you said? Two bucks? Three bucks. And the premise is also like uh, gravity on the, what does it say in the store description here? Hold on. Because I need a new, and I mean, I was just, I might, I might cop a, uh, Apple Arcade again because I need a new mm. phone game because I beat I literally don't have any levels to play in Matchland after like a year, except for like the events that happen. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm like looking at my phone and I'll open up Matchland and can't do anything. And I'm just like, all oh, right. So I need a new game to just like kind of fall into, and uh, maybe that's this. But I was going to do <laughs> Apple Arcade pretty soon, but I'd much rather. It- it's at five out of five uh, on iOS with 34 ratings. It's pretty impressive. And the top one is just, it's desert golf, but slightly new. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check that out. Finally, Steve, I'm going to close this day with a somewhat job-related post that Square Enix has opened a new studio in Quebec, specifically in Sherbrooke. This new studio is a research and development focused 
Uh, it's dubbed Eidos-Sherbrooke. You can follow them on Twitter, at Eidos-Sherbrooke. Um, they will be, quote, exploring, testing, and applying new technologies to create the video games of tomorrow today. They don't actually say today. I just added that. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> Eidos-Sherbrooke is uh, set to open this fall uh, with everyone working remotely, uh, 20 full-time employees. But they're hoping to hit around 100 full-time employees within five years um, and set to open the actual studio in early 2021. Uh, so... They have a whole whack load of jobs on their site, which I've linked in the post. Um, I'll rattle some off, and if, if that sounds ah oh, shit, I gotta translate this page for everyone <laughs> in this country. If you're interested in being a programming director, a physical programmer, a technical artist, a core programmer, an office manager, technical architect, these all sound extremely complicated and, and way above me. But if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, just check those out. Um, whether you are Canada or abroad, do not hesitate to apply. Um, very, very polished website. I, lo- I love nice websites. It's just just something, you know. Julien Bouvray, studio manager, has been evolving the video game industry for over 20 years, climbing all the levels from physical programmer to director of tech at Eidos Montreal. Uh, back by, backed by his years of experience abroad and in Quebec, Julien now takes the helm of Eidos Sherbrooke to meet new challenges aimed at accelerating the technological innovation in video games. They spell video games as two words. I take it all back. Don't apply here. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I'm looking. I've never really heard of this city before. Um, it it's looks pretty. Like, like yeah. their, their little trailer has like a, a, a like a rapids and like. I was going to say this. Really nice. It looks dope. Plus, I'm sure there's a lot of historical sweet shit in there because it's you know it's Quebec and right by the Lawrence River. So I'm sure there's. Some, uh, there's actually a drawing on Wikipedia of Sherbrooke in like nine, or in 1828, so I'm sure there's a lot of cool history there. Good on Square Enix. Always good to invest in this sort of stuff. Be Any jobs uh, you would apply for at Sherbrooke, Ida, Steve? Uh, I have to go on the site to see. I doubt I qualify for any of them. If they need a Salesforce or customer management system expert, then I can, <laughs> and I doubt they need that, so... Maybe someday. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> um, I doubt that's it. That's it for all the news this week. It was a good week. Lots going on. I- I'm excited, Steve. Just in general. Not about any news story in particular. Just in general. Did you um, kind of double back on EA a little bit? What did you think of that conference? It was a little, little... EA Play Live? Yeah. It was way better than last year's EA live stream. I... I was really, really enjoyed it. My expectations were pretty low because last year was like, they did like three or four games. And the year before that was even worse. And they had also the cringe like Peggle 2 moment that got memed into oblivion. Mm, But mm. yeah, this was a really tight, lots of games. EA Originals quickly, quickly filling that void for me that um, the UB art games left in my heart of like AAA backed indie projects, which EA dropped. I mean, sorry, uh, Ubisoft is really just they just left the door open and let EA walk in. I have loved uh, all of the EA originals I've played. A Way Out, amazing. Unravel, amazing. Fee, gorgeous. Light on the gameplay. Still recommend it. Sea of Solitude, you played, right? I did. I did. I enjoyed it. It's just it was just depressing to play. <laughs> but like all these EA originals, super tight. Of course, Joseph Ferris, the fuck the Oscars guy, is back. I love him. I would die for him. Um, <laughs> and his new game looks rad as hell i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out and uh 
I, the thing he said that I found really interesting was he was he's he's directed three movies and two games at this point, and he's like, games are way fucking harder than movies, and that's something I've heard. Um, speaking of uh, Reed Price at the top of the show, who did the jingle for our intro on the YouTube, he's an actor and a game developer, and so he also talks about how. <laughs> games are just way harder to make than movies having worked in both of them yeah and that's just something i'm, I'm hearing multiple people say so it's probably true you know there the is overall. a there is a there is a job on this uh you uh, this uh square enix site that i could apply for office manager Ooh, hit it up steve yeah, yeah. um yeah i thought i thought the same thing i was a little disappointed that they didn't show like that they didn't really talk about next gen that much they they just kind of said Bioware is working on we're working on shit, and maybe that they didn't even say Bioware anywhere. the The Dragon Age tease was in like a tweet after the show. No, they showed Dragon Age. They showed those that that screenshot or whatever that concept art during the conference. Oh, okay, I I missed that. Then was that when they were showing all like the tech demo of like the building collapsing and everything? Yeah, I think so. It was like towards the end when the girl when the I forget her title. She's ba- she was like basically the head of the studios or whatever. Mm. Um. And, and I mean, you can't chirp them. Maybe they just don't really have next-gen stuff ready because, like, they, you know, they probably, for next-gen, they're probably just, like, focusing to make sure that EA and, and uh, Madden and stuff work on it and then everything else is kind of comes after that. Mm. So you can't chirp them that hard. I was hoping for a Mass Effect, you know, all the rumors were kind of pointing to that, um, like a Mass Effect reboot or, or re-release or whatever. But yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was a fine show. I was I was surprised when I went on the PS5 subreddit and people were just like chirping it and, and saying it was complete shit because I was just like it didn't really seem that bad. Like I don't know, maybe it was just EA hate or whatever. Or they're expecting something else. But I thought people love to hate on EA, worst company in America, like ten years in a row or whatever. I know, ridiculous. But I thought coming because I know you were really hoping for that that Mass Effect re-release. I was wondering what I your love thoughts Mass on Effect. Were. So. Yeah, I thought no, it was good. Yeah, it was fine. It was it was fine. It was it was the typical like PR cringe of like Greg Miller doing the the code in the background. That was like, eh, this doesn't work for anyone. Yeah, I wish I wish he wouldn't. I wish they wouldn't do that stuff. Like the kind of funny, like how they did the Borderlands show and stuff like that. I'm like, you guys are like, you could say all day and night that you it doesn't just like it doesn't kind of. Uh, adjust your opinion on it but it's hard to believe that like it's just i'm not going to listen to anyone kind of critique something when they're like sponsored by that same thing you know I was literally across anything it, like, like if someone is paid by the rap the toronto it's like i have this issue with sportsnet in in canada because or in here in toronto because sportsnet owns the toronto blue jays so everyone that they have on their radio criticizing them are like technically the same employees as like the toronto blue jays and it's just like eh, like it's just it's unsettling feeling. I'm like, I can't really take you guys seriously because y'all have the same like employer. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in this and bring it back for hot take, Steve. Okay? okay, I'm sorry. I have something to say about that, but let's move into everyone's favorite segment: wish list. This, Ooh. if you don't know, this is inspired by Steve and Brett's rest in peace. Frequent wish listing of games while we were recording them. Actually, I should let everyone know Brett's not dead. I know we're the uh, site where you go to for news on Brett's life or death, but uh, he posted a nice selfie this week on the beach that I said looked like a. Uh, had big Jason Momoa energy, and uh, it, it it was a very nice picture of him in like some sunglasses with the the long hair off the sides and the the big beard. I, that, I like it. Is that Aquaman, Jason Momoa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, go go follow Brett Meeser on uh, Instagram. But of course, this segment has now turned into a recurring feature where 
we highlight three upcoming Canadian main games and wishlist them as we talk about them. Uh, I have now used up all the ones I got from that that call out for games uh, a couple weeks ago. So if you have any new ones, feel free to send them over Discord, uh, email, Twitter, however you want to get them to me. I will Text. also tweet out asking for more. Yeah, print it out, send it to me. Um, but first game this week, Zero Dash G Gunfight by Devil's Cider Games in Ontario. A 2D arena shooter set in outer space where you use your guns to move and kill each other. Very succinct Steam description. I really just learned everything I need to know about it. Oh, that was it? That's 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 amazing. That's Steam description. Yeah, yeah, it was was tight. Um, Oh my god, I'm seeing like the the hammer and sickle on some of these levels here. Okay, uh, we have some some communist imagery. Oh, nice. Now you're pumped. All right, I get a I get a bad rap on the internet. I think like I've never (laughs) said I'm a communist. Um, I believe in a. I would know. I would put myself on the further left than bernie on like the social democrat wave i'm like pro universal basic income the amount of capital and wealth we've produced as a country while we still have like what is it a couple million people below the poverty line is just it boggles your mind how we we just create so much for for so few but that's an aside we're not going to bring that up in the middle of zero g gunfight steam description (laughs) steve that would be absurd we should uh, start another podcast (laughs) <laughs> comrade steve <laughs> hey whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, uh, I, don't, don't throw me in there <laughs> um yeah i don't know i just saw the hammer and sickle on one of the levels it's like in the middle of this like spinning thing but uh yeah what i don't screen, know why that's what screenshot is that i'm trying to find it go to the third screenshot on the uh, steam page the oh, third screenshot yeah it's, it's just there it's very clearly i don't see it wait hold on what's this it's called zero g Oh, gunfight! Click, click the hyperlink I have in the the document. No, see, but I'm I'm supposed to be the guy who's listening along. So the thing is, there's a game called Zero G. Oh, okay. But this is Zero G Gunfight. That's where I got yeah Zero Dash G Gunfight. And now I see that beautiful sickle. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Russian anthem starts playing in the background. <laughs> um, look at this Steam page and talk to me about about what you feel, Steve. Right, sorry, I was looking at the wrong one, so I was. I was kind of so is it like a uh it kind of looks like a twin stick shooter right yeah and i think the it's got that that uh that gimmick i've seen a couple of twin stick shooters where like shooting moves you but you also use shoot to kill people so like you'll point mm. the gun behind you to like shoot a bit and then you'll point it in front of you to shoot someone but that pushes you back you know zero g makes sense mm-hmm, exactly uh, play uh, only force acted upon equals the same as the reverse force. I, it's a grade 12 physics thing I've every action has an opposite and negative reaction. Look at Mr. Nerd over here. <laughs> it's like one of Noon's three thir- three principles. Yeah, and now he's dead. So clearly they didn't do anything I mean, for him. Was, I mean, he was dead <laughs> well before this podcast. So. <laughs> um, planned release date of May 2021. Uh, it looks... Uh, I like the trailer is like grainy footage of like classic space launches. Yeah. And then like the atomic bomb. And then just cuts to like this 2D arena shooter with like kind of like the way the characters move is kind of like ragdoll physics in 2d mm-hmm. also they're absurd like one of them's like a shark with legs <laughs> yeah i'm getting a little bit of uh what was the game from the ottawa studio um ah oh, man fuck hold on let me uh, this might take me some time to figure that's it out. okay uh it, it won a uh, pax east ga- uh, one of the selected games it was an official selection at dglx official selection at game slice in london so uh yeah it's got it's got some uh, some laurels on it so far 
Um, it only requires a controller in order to play mouse keyboard not supported. So if you're going to consider it, consider that as well. Uh, it has the remote play together, so like Steam's co-op feature. So if you don't have buddies in the same room with you, which you shouldn't if you're in one of the provinces that doesn't let you currently, uh, you can still play this. Actually, by 2021, hopefully we're past that. Oh, God, I hope so. Me too. Did you figure out what that other game you, you were reminded of? No, I found a game by them, and so now I'm trying to like work my way backwards. He's reverse engineering. Yeah, exactly. The hacker music's playing. There's like big lines of code. On it's going to be monitor in front of you. It's going to be super. Uh, Starwall. <laughs> oh, I played Starwall. I love Starwall. Yeah, Starwall had like really crazy like physics and stuff that you had to get around and stuff. So that's the that's the vibe I'm getting from. And I like Starwall. And so me too. I'm down with this too. What this the Steam page though needs a little bit of works. Um, yeah, they got a year. Yeah, no, it's a little bit less than a year, but yes, I agree. No, no gifts, and we know the rule about no <laughs> gifts. Because you got to show, you got to show some cool physicsy stuff that happens as a result of it being zero G, but then also the fact that it's shooting like moves you backwards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, I would like to see. I don't know if they're doing it because I see this fan move in the background, but doesn't seem to affect anything. Uh, I would like to see some like miniature gravity wells or something that really like fuck shit up. That'd be cool. Mm. But I like it. I'm down. You like it? I like it. Do you like it enough to add it? To your wish list? I have added it to my wish list. Excellent. Next game today on wish list this. Cepheus Protocol by Halcyon Winds, um, which part of their team are two Canadians in Toronto, including Alejandra V at B Ball Chick in Toronto, Ontario. Spell it out, spell it out. The game. <clears throat> the game? Yeah. C E P H E U S Protocol. Perfect. Cepheus Protocol. The studio is Halcyon Winds. <clears throat> oh, wow, they're playing it right now. I was just going to say, what is this at the top of the Steam page? Is this like yeah. a live... Yeah, it's a uh, stream. Oh, stream I'll just watch this then. Developers, <laughs> it looks like. Um, in this open world, real-time strategy game, you're tasked with finding special patient zero before the alien virus takes over San Francisco. Command your squad, defend your base, and stop the Pangu virus. That's Pangu, P-A-N-G-U, not Pangu, the famous claymation <laughs> kids show, <laughs> just to clarify. Uh, Pangu's alive and well. Don't worry, kids. Um... I'm not a big fan of real-time strategy games. It's never been my, my cup of tea, as it were, although I don't like real tea either. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm not, not as equipped to to talk about this game based on the trailer. But what do you think, Steve? I I also am not a big real-time strategy person. Um, I I always thought the, the missions, like the world always kind of start off the same. Like you build your barracks, you build your troops and stuff, you get your gold, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, but this looks more mission oriented like i'm like this i mean we're watching like oh it's it's recorded previously but i'm watching this like gameplay and it looks like they have this mission of destroying this thing so i don't know because like the one that i played a lot was command and conquer and the mm-hmm. single player like command and conquer like campaign was you didn't really have to do that stuff you were just kind of like building quickly and then like moving through a level mm-hmm. so that's what i'm hoping for this it's, an early it's giving access. me total war vibes my my, my mm. only touchstones to real-time strategy are total war Age of Empires, um, and Command and Conquer a little bit, not, not as much as the other two. It was nominated. And this one feels. Oh, sorry. Feels more like a Total War. It was uh, nominated for Best Indie RTS Game of 2019 as well. So. Oh, it was, and it won uh, Dreamhack Anaheim. 
I like the uh, I like the concept though. As we're as we're going to talk about when we talk about Last of Us, like I like the like I like this kind of story, like of of uh, you know the world's gone to shit, post apocalyptic stuff. So mm. it gets it gets the check mark from that. It's just not the genre that I'm like crazy about, and neither and it sounds like neither of us are really crazy about it. But for and those who are in the descriptions, yeah, uh, it's in early access. It's twenty two Canadian. Um, they're in uh, early access to provide them with enough financial stability to keep developing the game. More, support, more importantly, this also means we can get feedback and suggestions from players to improve the game as we approach the final and optimal state, aiming for a release date of Q2 2021. So, uh, it's one of those ones, uh, I look at early access, as I've said before, it's like a cheaper pre-order, just add to your cart, full release usually bumps the price up. Or just add to your wish list and uh, see when it comes out, whenever that is, if you're still interested. So, so where are they from? You said there was like yes. two Canadian developers. Yeah, two of the Canadian, two of the developers are Canadian in Toronto, and the one who recommended the game uh, for us for wish list this was Alejandra V at Bball Chick in Toronto. Yes. Cool. And Steve, I have to ask, is it on the wish list? It is. Yes. Excellent. Last game today on Wish List. This big money, Steve. Slumber Claws by Copy Chaser Games in Calgary, Alberta. From the creator of Speed Dating for Ghosts comes a new weird text adventure about death and sleep paralysis in the late 1980s. Um, sleeping f- or, uh, go- Speed Dating for Ghosts, uh, a car- sort of, sort of a, a cult hit last year. I saw, I saw pe- the people who talk about text adventure games in a knowledgeable way I saw talking about and appreciating this game. Didn't we just uh, talk about speed dating for ghosts for some reason? Didn't it yeah, just come it was in the Itch.io bundle. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Yeah, that's, that's the last time I heard you bring it up. True. Um, the, 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 the key art is gorgeous. There's like this girl with, you know, Harry Potter glasses on, like upside down in the water, like face up. It, the, I like this key art. Um, you can play as either modern or classic text adventure and they have like, um, <laughs> customize a mom <laughs> <laughs> is one of the, the, the prompts in the trailer here. Uh, it has a prologue that you can download and play for free and their planned release date is Halloween 2022, which I think is, or sorry, 2020. I meant two as in like T O O is in addition to what I said before, but that <clears throat> just sounded like 2022. I think speed dating for ghosts also came out at Halloween. Um, let me let me double check that so I'm not I'm not giving the people faulty information here. Nope, I, it came out in February. I don't think I said. I don't it might have, have came many, out on HBO in Halloween. I don't know though. I don't have many friends on Steam, but mm-hmm. a friend of the show, Sebastian, wants this game. It tells me. Mm. Does that mean he's mm-hmm. added it to his wish list? Yeah. Oh, that, nice that's job, what Sebastian. That means. Good job, Sebastian. Um, Steve, have you added it? To I have. Wishlist? Yes. What do you think of the Steam page? I could go for another text adventure, actually. I might. Da- I want to download the demo, too. Do you have a sound effect Free for download the demo? Um, no, we have the instant buy. We have the wish list. Uh, now we have the Russian national anthem. <laughs> and, I mean, the Soviet anthem. Do we, do we get a, a demo sound, sound effect? I had that arcade coin, actually. I'll just do that. Yeah, I think so. I'm actually not going to download right now, though, just because I don't want to fuck up the internet speed thing because it's been an issue before. Uh, but i will download it later on because i could go okay. for another text adventure i want this game on vita though is really what mm. i'm talking about which yeah we be... were talking 
in I the mean, Discord, uh, we had a Vita fan recently talking about how it's, um, I forget I forget their name or, or username, but they were talking about how Vita's the last place where they play JRPGs and text adventures. Yeah, I mean, there's a new JRPG that comes out for it like every single month, <laughs> basically. And I'm actually, I, I started replaying this, uh, this like, ad- adventure game, um, Zero. Oh, what the hell is that? I forget what it's actually called, but I started dabbling a little bit just because I'm kind of feeling that sort of game and I have low trophy percentage in it. Someone was also mm-hmm. talking about the PSP in our Discord, too, and I was like, that's... Yeah, people are going. There's a crazy PSP fan in our Discord. They're uh, they're having a great week rediscovering all the PSP goodness. Yeah, I know. Um, I had a PSP. It's all excited because its battery didn't blow up. (laughs) A year or two, I played Patapon One, Patapon Two, The Simpsons game, um, and then one of the Metal Gear games. I didn't have a lot of fun with the PSP, but I think I was just too young and stupid for it. Yeah, I had. So I had a PSP, um, but I didn't really play it that much. It just sort of, I just bought it because it was cheap. And I never mm. really, I never really used it, to be honest. I was more, I love the, the DS was just too dope. I just played the DS too much. Dope screen, is that what it stand for, actually? Also, the battery uh, for the PSP was atrocious because it would fucking spin that UMD and <laughs> just kill the battery. <laughs> Oh my god, the Universal Media Disc. Who could forget? You could put movies on there, Steve. You ever want to watch one of the Batman movies on your PSP? I did watch... I've watched... Because uh, my friend got a PSP at launch, and it came with Spider-Man 2. And I remember watching Amazing. Spider-Man 2 on it and being blown away. I was like, this is really cool. This is so neat. And I watched no, a it's few not. It's movies. Dumb. Hey, in 2005, it was really neat. I guess. <laughs> I was in high school when that happened. Like, I mean, that that's before really smartphones that's before ipads obviously that, that like you couldn't watch a movie in in your palm in the palm of your hand that was the first time the bsp pretty much okay <laughs> <laughs> like the the closest thing is you would have a like a portable like we had a portable dvd player um mm-hmm. which was just a beat it was pretty much a beast like it was ba- pretty much the size of my laptop um and only played dvds so you couldn't really like you didn't watch videos like this is before YouTube even like you didn't really watch videos in like your in a handheld thing. So watch Spider Man two that was cool shit. Simpler uh, times, Steve. But then you wouldn't want to buy like fifteen dollar movies uh, with shit no. like on a tiny screen. So it wasn't so universal. All right, that's it for wish list. This Steve, we need new ones. I'm gonna be tweeting out send me your send me your game if you're Canadian or in Canada. Send me your game. I want to talk about it. Hot take of the week, Steve. Uh, I want to. I, I, I had this whole thing ready. I want to talk about like the emergence of the the video game dad in recent years, and we've seen like from from Lee Everett and Walking Dead to Joel and um, Booker and Bioshock and Joel and the Last of Us, and then dad of most War. recently Kratos and Dad of War. I, I had this whole thing for that, but I want to I want to come back to this this point you brought up earlier about the complete lack of any real credibility in games, quote unquote, journalism. And uh, I don't know if you saw that Brian Altano tweet that blew up, uh, I think, at the end of last year, where he was like, uh, there are no game journalists, and you shouldn't consider me like a games journalist. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Schreier was right there in the replies, and he was like, hmm, uh, well, maybe not what you guys do at IGN, but I can assure you there are people covering the game scene and uh, reporting on and investigating game-related stories. And... Uh, I've been questioning 
like really since I stopped watching kind of funny and I it just, it was so incestuous. Like I'm not going to insinuate anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say at PAX 2016, I saw Greg Miller dating Genevieve or hanging out with Genevieve, whatever. So they started dating a little bit later. Then kind of funny. She was the um, PR person at Square Enix. They did Deus Ex. And then kind of funny was promoted by Deus Ex for like a couple months and then they got married. And I remember I was like, that was definitely like a uh, insider deal there to get Square Enix to promote kind of funny show for a little bit. Um, and anytime like IGN firsts in quotes where they like get the studio to pay them to cover the game in big splash images on the homepage for a month is like, you, you can't trust any of that coverage, what, which what you should go there for if you're going there for anything is maybe like a trailer premiere and mm. maybe some details about the game. That's all you can really... And even then, you can't trust that 100% because they are just, you know, regurgitating the, the PR speak of the studio paying for space. I have way more respect for any journalist, YouTuber even, who's gotten, like, blacklisted or, like... Jim Sterling is one of the most hated people in the games industry, and that speaks to his credibility to me more than anyone else because studios don't want to send him their games because he will talk about the the workplace conditions it was developed under. He'll talk about brutally honest critiques of the game's economy and uh, just straight up call what is gambling, gambling and manipulative design that gets you to the, and he, he, he'll, he'll do his research so that he pulls out talks from GDC or different um, game developers conferences around the world where they explicitly say they're designing their games so that the like default psychology is to buy things and players should feel bad for not buying things. And he'll put that into his video talking about their games and be like, they are trying to abuse players. And so of course no one wants to send them their games. And that's way more credible to me than fucking the kind of funny Borderlands show paid for by Gearbox where we play the game sooner. So you come check it out and talk about how great it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's just, it's just weird. Like I've I've felt this way about video game stuff for a little bit because I haven't worked in video games, but I've worked in tech for fucking too long, like eight, nine years. And I see a lot of similarities, but all the things, all the investigation stuff kind of only happens in video games. And for some reason it's like it it's not also like <clears throat> all this stuff about like, you know, unionization and work conditions and harassment and there, there was a, there's a, um, and there's just things like that. Like, you know, the names of, of certain developers and things like that, but that doesn't like mm. bleed into like other tech industries. So I've kind of always just like, maybe it's a little bit bitterness, but it's just a little bit like, I don't like, I just don't care that much. Like when Jason Schreier like posts like a thing, I just like, I'm like, I know these games are all created in shit conditions. Like, I just know that. Because it's not like news to me because like nothing's really being done about it anyways, because at the end of the day, a lot of the people just care about fucking like Red Dead to like coming out on October 18th instead of October 20th or whatever like that or Last of Us being delayed or 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 the leaks and, and things like that. It's such a like weird industry. I guess like I don't I don't really have like a, a main point to it. I still watch kind of funny. I just 
do it because I like the medium so much. I still listen to IGN because I just like the medium so much. I still read Kotaku just because I like the medium so much, but I don't really put that much weight in any of this stuff. Like when I'm when I'm thinking about picking up a game, all I really do is just go to Metacritic and see what the score is. And then you're killing me, Steve. And then just like be like, eh, I'll wait for whatever time. Or I just look at trailers. You're killing me, Steve. Because I don't read these reviews. Like I don't I don't need to really listen to like the the example I always come up with is when Metal Gear Solid Five was coming out. Mm-hmm. And um and I was like we were going to Japan like a week later or something, and I was like, I'll just wait till it comes out. And then the mm-hmm. reviews dropped. And I didn't read a single review. I just saw that it was getting tens, uh, tens. And I was like, okay, I'll pick it up. And that's really like I don't put that much weight into this stuff because at the end of the day, it's just all like fun things, anyways. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I want every all these games to do well, and I want people to like have good work conditions and all that stuff. But I don't. I don't know. I, it's just like a weird it's just weird medium like it's just very strange because it's like part entertainment but it's part it's just it has a lot it like it's just a very strange i can't like really articulate like what i mean but i don't really like put a lot of weight into kind of funny anyways or a lot of weight into ign or Colin show or whatever um mm-hmm. but i also on the flip side don't put a lot of weight into what jason says because i think he's pretty like biased and like the stuff he's looking to report on and and just other things like that and it's weird to me that these things get so much attention anyways and maybe that's just because i'm so engraved in the medium but Mm -hmm. like it doesn't get the attention like in other places it seems very centralized so you're not saying that you think there's not a lot of difference between what ign and jason does what you're saying is you don't care about them equally although you recognize like Jason Schreier is looking for the next scoop on video game studio workplace abuse, and IGN's looking for the next month-long paid plug from a game publisher. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think they're just looking for different things. Like, I I'm wondering, I want to know, I want J. I don't know if he's done this, so you can correct me because I don't really follow the dude. But like, I want to see him go back to like Rockstar mm-hmm. after like you know, it's been two years since that story came out and they all got their bonus checks and all that shit. And they're all working on the next thing. I want to see what, it, if anything's changed since then, I think there actually was something that rockstar did change or, or another studio recently. Changed. They, they talked about reducing the scope of GTA six mm. to have a healthier work-life balance. So that's some good shit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but then like, I think, I don't think we ever t- discussed this on the podcast cause we didn't really discuss it originally anyways, but how the borderlands, studio like how that guy came out and said that the the um the bonuses were like they were lied to he felt like they were lied to about the bonuses and stuff like that but then the mm. that guy on linkedin from the montreal studio said like no that's not true and and only one of those stories got picked up so mm. that's the other thing like jason kind of has like a pretty pretty obvious like motivation in the stuff he's writing about and so but there needs to be more people like Jason. The other thing too, like how many people like him and, and the guy on YouTube that you like, I, I keep forgetting his name, the British guy, Jim Sterling, Jim Sterling. God bless Jim Sterling. You send me his videos all the time. They are funny. I, I do like him. Like how many people really are there like that? Like five. Mm-hmm. Um, so it needs more. And then, but at the same time, like, again, I don't really have a focalized point here. Like I do get a little, like when, like when all these things come out about, workplace harassment especially i'm just like i've seen this shit you know Mm -hmm. it 
it does happen. It's not a video game issue. It's a tech issue. It's the fact that like so many people, so many guys are in like tech. And actually, it's, I think it's a capitalism issue, Steve, at a, at a bigger scale. Yeah, play the play the across. yeah play the <laughs> play the, I'll play the Russian anthem right here because this is this isn't agree a, a video game issue. This is an issue of we live in a world where a very few amount of people have extreme amount of capital that they try to reinvest as little as possible to get as much more as they can, and that always always trickles down to hurting the bottom rungs as much as possible. And that that's not unique to video games. You know, the the working conditions at an Amazon warehouse and the overtime and the lack of respect are probably the same as a QA position at Activision, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, that's been documented and talked about for a long time. Like, peeing the bottle stuff, all that stuff. Right? Yeah. And people aren't going to... Like, I'm not going to not buy The Last of Us Part Two because... A bunch of uh, Last of Us devs got divorced because they didn't see their families for four years and now have crippling PTSD for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And that sounds horrible, but like, I want to play The Last of Us Part 2. And I bought oh, I mean, I ordered Red from Dead Amazon. Because I really wanted to play Red Dead 2. And I'm well aware that like the QA team were in a blacked out room because any windows people would send drones up to try and get screen grabs of the footage and people are putting in 80 to 100 hour weeks near the end to like get a lot of the script and and writing done and recording and i still buy it at launch like like me not buying it won't make a difference i think and i don't know there, there's no clear path like you said like how, like how do you fix it you can't fix it yeah i mean i still order off amazon all the fucking time because i because mm-hmm. i'll be up at like there was <laughs> I feel bad. Like I was up at three in the morning one time with my daughter. She was like crying and all the, all the shit. And I was like, oh man, we need like some sort of temperature thing in the house. So like while I was feeding her or consoling her at three in the morning, I ordered like a little thermometer thingy or not thermometer, mm. like temperature gauge. You still call it a thermometer, don't you? Yeah. Like a thing to put mm. in a room just to see what the temperature is. And it came at the house at like noon the same day. I was just <laughs> like, this can't be good. Like there's no way this thing got to me. <laughs> And and was a benefit to anyone other than Jeff Bezos or whatever his name is, and yeah, it's just kind of like oh, like what do you do? Like Jason's going to do another story in the next like month about I don't know Ghost of Tsushima's studio Sucker Punch. I've heard and, Sucker Punch is good. I heard they like like some of those some of those, and he talks about the studios that are good to work at too. Like um, Insomniac is famously one of the like best game triple a studios who pump out amazing polished games with a healthy work-life balance so it's possible crunch is always always a failure of studio leadership and uh and you know the people setting the agenda always a failure of them never yeah. a failure of the people working on the game i would i mean and, uh, i don't know if does the other he... thing the other thing i don't give in your jason credit for is he's reporting on things that people often reach out to him about like his his anthem story that was like 20 to 30 verified um current bioware employees who had stories they wanted to tell yeah and if you look at it that way of like the story wouldn't exist that was important if he didn't you know check that they worked there take their story and put together a a cohesive piece that people could read like like i think the way you're looking at is like he's like ah which studio are we going to take down this week but the way he looks at it is like all right my dms from bioware this week and some emails from people let's reach out develop a story here and that that's i think once you think about it that way what he what he does seems a lot less um as you would say like just looking for the next studio to shit on that's fair but i don't think he's like does he go back though like i want to like because 
you know, now that he, what was the last one he wrote on? It was about the take two trying to close the studio or something like that. Wasn't it? Yeah. They, uh, it was take two. were trying to poach an entire indie studio who they couldn't <laughs> sign an agreeable contract with for uh, the Kerbal space program two game. Right. Which I, <laughs> I've heard a, I, I know of a tech store, like a tech company that basically did the exact same thing. And I, I'd be interested. I just want to know, I always want to know what happened before this story was published, which is usually in the story. Mm-hmm. But I want to know like six, 12, 48 months after, um, mm-hmm. you know, like what, how will this stuff that happened with take two that happened with rockstar that happened with last of um, naughty dog, like how will that affect like future stuff? And like he said, like I'm in the same boat, like, you know, any unless they come out and say we didn't pay these people, they were slaves to make the game, which obviously they wouldn't. Um, then I'm probably I'm probably still want to buy it. Like I bought Last of Us, like before it was out, I pre-ordered it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just like weird. By the way, like we are like you could sort of group us into like journalists, but I never thought of that either. Like we don't, that's why I don't we don't do reviews. We just give our opinions and stuff. But like and but really like we're pretty upfront with it. We're here to promote like Canadian games and Canadian developers and the people who make them and all that stuff like develop a community yeah like we tell you to like wishlist these games we tell you to join the discord and stuff like that like we're not like we'll we'll we give our opinions and stuff like that but like I like I don't really I don't I've never then some people have chirped me for it especially when <laughs> I remember like when I was promoting like um praising like fallout 76 like i got a few tweets and stuff of just people being like oh like video game journalism's dying i'm like i didn't get a code for this fucking game like it's i don't know what you're thinking <laughs> he just has a bad opinion <laughs> i just have really bad opinions apparently um so it's just like it's just weird to see it because like at the end of the day it's all game it's all like toys but it's important stuff and mm-hmm. i think ign and kotaku are different they just have different agendas and like you said like the sales team at ign like they're they're just trying to they just go after the triple A's to get their money. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think for me, kind of funny, it's just a little bit different because they're smaller. IGN has like a giant sales team and a giant like, uh, content team. And they always say they don't talk and stuff like that. And maybe, and maybe that's true. Kind of funny. Like I assume is like 10 people and that the deal that of the Borderlands show, Greg probably like signed, you know, and pitched and sold. That's where it gets a little bit different for me because IGN and GameStop for me. Really? No, yeah, yeah you, worse for kind of funny. the one talking about the game, or also the one who signed the deal to get paid to talk about the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. That's why it's worse. That's why like kind of funny is like the situation is a little bit worse than IGN's and GameStop's mm. or GameSpot. I was confused too. GameSpot. GameSpot. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's a it's a whole thing, Steve, and it it's not getting any better. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't know, and I don't know what the like. What's even the tipping point? Because you see, like you know, the um, you see people coming out saying there's like a Me Too kind of thing happened, right? And I even yeah, saw I one. was following that event on Twitter this week too. So mm-hmm. the Jedi Fallen Order, like an audio guy, I think, or something, like was accused of harassment. I didn't really like look into it. That was that's mm-hmm. not going to be a turning point. The, there was a, wasn't the Elder Scrolls like sound person was also accused mm-hmm. of things. I'm saying accused because I didn't really look into it, so I don't know like what ended up being true or whatnot. I know like accused, like saying these people are accused of things can be a little bit of a trigger, um, but like there, there's a lot of that still. Like they had its own Me Too movement, and it was a kind of a big thing for the movie industry. But I don't think it's been a big thing for the video game industry. And there's no, I, I don't know, there's no tipping point 
and one hasn't really happened because like the story that came out with last of uh, with Naughty Dog wasn't new. Like it it's happened numerous times and nothing's mm-hmm. really being done about it. Um, and I know there's like talk about unionization and stuff like that. I don't know. And that is changing. We had the first game union last year in the UK partnered yeah. with the the Steelworkers Union. We have a new union this year in Sweden, I think, at one of the real time strategy big studios. The unions are happening. Of course, they're happening in Europe because Europe's always leaps and bounds ahead of North America. Um, but the conversation is starting, and unions are forming, and uh, and we're, we're seeing another form of studio explored in the indie scene, like the the, the co op, where everyone's a lateral, yeah, uh, all equal ownership. Like there's co op mode in Montreal. There's the Dead Cell Studio in France. There's the Glory Society, which is part of the Night in the Woods devs. They just announced a new project actually with Finji. So people are exploring the other side of it, where like it's worker owned studios sharing in the profits, sharing in the creative process, and uh, I think we'll see more of that as because Dead Cells was massive. It was a huge hit. Um, the Night in the Woods community was raving this week over the just a teaser gif of the next game. Um, and co-op's doing great. They had they were in a PS5 live stream where like eight million people watched their furry game. Like they're <laughs> it's happening. And I think that's hopeful for me. Yeah, um I guess the last thing I'll say I mean, something like do do people still chirp IGN for the plagiarism thing when it had with Dead Cells? I don't oh, Yeah, I remember that. I feel like that people have moved on and I don't know if it's been like what even came about that. So it's just I don't know. I don't really have a focalized viewpoint on this stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. like I'm not super pro gun ho about unions. It wouldn't even affect me anyways, but I'm not super against them or anything either. Um I think mm-hmm. we're you and I are a little bit different on that. And I'm not like I I still watch IGN, I still like listen to their podcasts, I still listen to I kinda of funny, I still listen to their podcasts, I'll still play like Naughty Dog games and Rockstar games and all these things. So like there hasn't been that tipping point. I don't know what it is, like what will happen, but um, you know, I think it's important to still like kind of talk about all these things and just get it out so that the general pop, like so that gamers kind of know. But at the same time, like, you know, my brother's playing Xbox. Like if I bring up all this sh- any of this shit, he doesn't know. He he doesn't even no. know who made he didn't even know that like Rockstar like that the guys who made GTA were the same people that made Dead uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I did tell him. Because it's not a concern to him. He doesn't care. It's just like how. Yeah, I mean, most people don't. It's just like, why would they? Yeah, I, exactly. Why would you I don't know. yourself who... to this unpleasant information about you know your, your your recreational activities. Yeah, I mean, I love the Marvel movies. I don't know who the director of like Black Panther was, and if that person did anything before or after. Like, I just don't. It's not really the scene that I'm in. By the way, I had to turn mm-hmm. the AC on, but now I see that it's like you can hear it. So I'm gonna maybe turn it off or. Something. No, that's okay. We're like I think that, that was a good hot take. Good hot take. Cool take segment this week. It's an ongoing. It's an ongoing conversation. It um, is. And yeah, I don't know. I think as you say for tipping point, it has to come from within. If everyone and I dug out together and they're like, "Hey, we're not going to make games until you do this," of course yeah. something yeah. would have to change. But that won't happen. They all get very different salaries for very different reasons, and, and everyone's very demotivated to do that. Yeah, I don't even know how um, unions like kind of start. Like, I remember when I worked at a factory one time, part-time, mm-hmm. like, in school, I was coming up and someone handed me a form and they're trying to unionize and I just, like, threw it away because I didn't, it wasn't going to affect me because I was only there for the summer. So I was just like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have no idea how, like, how unions start or anything like that. 
It's a uh, the one in the UK. Um, they made like a chapter, and they have to get like accredited. I think is the right word. Um, and then what that means is all the ones they partnered with. If any of those unions wants to take action, the other unions partnered with it will also take action. So like when uh, if the steelworkers went on strike, the game developers are going on strike, and that creates mm. more pressure. And so if the game developers went on strike, the steam workers go on strike, and that creates again pressure like from the you know the the, the bourgeoisie steve i got you the people you. who own the means of production and and uh, abuse their workers <laughs> i actually read the communist manifesto this weekend this, really i'm surprised it wasn't just like framed above your bed before it's old um <laughs> It's still relevant. And so also, the, you got you to remember, Karl, Karl Marx was a huge racist piece of shit. So. I was going to say, it was Karl Marx like did the manifesto, right? Yeah, he he was very anti-Semitic, too, which I learned this weekend. I'm, I'm not surprised. If, like, a lot of people, a lot of people have been. It's kind of like mm-hmm. how all the, like, how people were tearing down statues of, like, Confederate um, generals and stuff like that. And then people were like, mm-hmm. well, let me tell you about everyone else before the 1970s, because they were all awful people. Yeah, I uh, posted this week. I went to Loria University in Waterloo, and there's a statue, a couple statues of Wilfred Laurier on campus, and he was awful, and we should just drag them all into the dumpster and call it a day. Yeah, I, um, my wife goes to Ryerson, and, and I actually have a friend whose last name is Ryerson, and um, and he believes that he is, like, related, like, he's very distantly related to that person, and actually, I looked at, like, the final, the picture of the person, and they look very, very similar, um but ryerson was also like he didn't really believe in like education for like women and stuff like that um so it's just so there's like a petition to like name ryerson university and i was just like that's never gonna happen (laughs) sadly no they'd have to they have to change too many business cards yeah and i mean (laughs) it's just like i remember like hearing about this about the the baseball hall of fame because like baseball historically has been an awful awful like group of people oh yeah i saw 42 yeah and even like after that, like there's so many, and like baseball hall of fame is just like riddled with like all these racists and homophobic and, and just garbage people. Um, unfortunately, like, I don't know what the solution to that stuff is, but like, it's, uh, it's, it's just like everyone, it's pretty much when it's everyone, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, I don't know. That's for, for different people than us to figure out, Steve. I have no, yeah, I have no, I have no control on that anyway. So, <laughs> All right, let's wrap up Hot Take and uh, talk about what we've been playing this week. Um, we streamed three times this week. Missed the Thursday stream because the A Play Live was happening, but next week, stream four times again. Uh, on Tuesday, I streamed Breacher Story from uh, Quebec-based... Ah, shit, what was the studio? Double Doubleton Game Studios? Uh, it's a 2D uh, sort of text-choose-your-own-adventure game about... Um, you're, you're recruited to like this hacking organization via your phone. Um, and you learn a lot about, and I would see it really as an educational tool for people to learn about cybersecurity. Like that's a game I would get like grade 10 students to play. Um, I think, I think it has a great glossary of terms that people should be learning uh, as they get more and more online. That's where I see that game being really useful. You, uh, and you almost like so you get hired and like you're trying to scam people essentially um, with like malware and stuff to like get them to send you money to like get rid of the thing, but um, if you if you mess up the 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 text adventure part of it, they'll realize how they can do it themselves and like disconnect. 
and you don't get anything from them. And I kept doing that. I kept messing up. And they would like, oh, so if I had a backup, I can just like erase it and redownload. Okay, I'll do that. And then they hang up with me. I'm like, ah, fuck, I didn't get the money from them. <laughs> so I don't know if that was like the intention of like you can like as you're playing, you're learning all these things about staying safe online that uh sort of taught me taught I, I learned a couple things a couple terms i hadn't i hadn't learned before and there's a nice glossary in your phone you can go through i feel like i should uh, give that game to my mom yeah yeah do it <laughs> it's super easy too like it's just a phone ui and the game in the background on the left is like sort of these nice it's not watercolor maybe it is no it's not water it's like they're very nice slightly moving backgrounds that you look at while you're doing all this yeah um I really liked it, and uh, I, I recommend you check it out. It was on sale for the week. Um, it was like three bucks, two bucks. I don't know if it still is, but it was only like five or six new. Um, and if you just want to add to your wish list, it'll go on sale again in the future. Um, I liked it. Um, I'd recommend it. Um, on uh, Saturday, yesterday, the day we're recording on Sunday, uh, we streamed the last year, which. We played a little bit when it came out last fall. It was previously a Discord app exclusive, I think. Yeah. When they were when they were trying to do games for a hot second. Are they um, are they still not? Is that done? I don't. I think I think they abandoned it. Um, yeah. They weren't getting the traction they wanted. Makes sense because I feel like I don't see a way to like go to a store at all in this. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I think uh, there were a couple there were a couple of Canadian games actually on there the last year and King of the Hill I think was another one, which is like the hat um, arcade game co-ops or like competitive thing but the last year is a 1v5 asymmetrical horror game similar to like the friday the 13th game or dead by daylight except this one's first person mm-hmm. um i think for the you're playing as these teenagers in high school like it's like the last year of high school but i think for the um they're called the fiend like the the hunter thing trying to kill you i think that's third person although i never did play as the fiend um but I uh, I shout out to Super Nick in the chat who hopped into my game and was like walking me through it. We we died really bad like three games in a row, and then we just we did a great run and everyone got out except for Super Nick actually. Like right as the gate was closing, he just got like grabbed by the ankle and like smashed against the ground until his head popped off. But um, it, it was gory and a little confusing and disorienting at times. But when you have a team who who was sort of working together, it it was it was a good time. Nice. Um, yeah, it's got all the tropes. Like, there's the brace face girl. There's the jock. The jock's name is literally Chad. I love it. There's a <laughs> oh, the other one. There's the the black football player guy, and his name was Troy, which is uh, Donald Glover's name on Community. And I was like, oh, that yeah. has to be on purpose. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's trope even in like a, a fun campy way. And there's a bunch of different fiends who can hunt you down. One's like the the choker or something, and he has like a grapple hook, but he's super weak if you catch him as a team but individually he can like pull you away and like grab you from vents and stuff and then there's like the big brawly guy who like runs in and beats you Hmm. it's come a long way since i played it last year and uh the chat was telling me about how it's changed and and they've added new maps and new modes and stuff so yeah it was it was good i I might jump back in sometime nice um and just today we streamed uh shadowy contracts on uh steam it's a third person stealth um sorry my girlfriend just got home hi hi, sorry (laughs) oh she can't hear me but that's okay um shadowy contracts oh yeah sorry it's it's rough steve it it was um 
tricky. It's a, it's a, it's, it's going as like a like an assassination type game where hmm. you have different contracts and you're going to these little settings to sort of pick them off. But there's no ability to like assassinate people from behind, which is something I expect from like a stealth game like that. Like you go up behind them and do the same attack animation as you would from the front. Hmm. It, it's rough. Uh, it definitely needs some more time in the oven. Is it like early con- uh, early uh, early access? Or it is early access. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the moment, um, and they're putting out more more <coughs> stuff all the time. But uh, yeah, I think it's fifteen Canadian. Uh, yeah, fourteen forty nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we streamed this week. Um, nice. As for games, I played. Um, I played a game called West of Dead, which is sort of a very, very pretty um, cel-shaded roguelite game. Um, It's got like a cover system, and uh, you're playing as a a character who's like a Skull Rider cowboy. No, who's Hmm. the guy, the Nicolas Cage movie? That's Skull Rider, right? Oh, uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, he's got like the flaming head. Um, and the premise is in this, <laughs> Skull in this world, Skull Rider. <laughs> and the, the premise in this world is like when you die, the heaven is to the east and uh, hell is to the west, but something's stopping people from getting where they need to go. So mm. you play as this, this character voiced by Ron Perlman, actually. It's pretty, pretty dope. Nice. Um, and yeah, you, you go through, pick up different guns. It's very similar to Dead Cells and, and Dreamscaper, actually, which we're playing, uh, mm. on stream last week in that, like you add different abilities as you play and uh, pick up different guns, swap out for newer ones, see how far you can get and then retry. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a fun week. And I, I jumped into Ape out again cause it's not a game pass. Still, still a great game. Great soundtrack. Nice. Um, we both have been playing last of us too. We have. Um, now I thought I would, I thought you'd be farther than me, but turns out that you're, what I would, we would say like two, three hours in and I'm maybe like five, six hours in. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm loving it. Like every part of it, like we won't really go into the story. Cause I don't no know, spoilers. Cause, yeah, the, no see, story spoilers, limited gameplay spoilers. Yeah. Like I think just the physics engine alone is just like so dope. It's kind of like when you played half life two first and you're like, Whoa, like I could do all this stuff. There's so much cool, like all oh, that's so neat or whatever mm-hmm. moments. Um, and it's just like great to play. Like I didn't really like Uncharted three or four. I was kind of done with the Uncharted series by that point. But like, granted, I'm also a sucker for like post-apocalyptic stuff. So like, zombies and end of the world and and different universes, like different uh, like you know whether it's at the start of the apocalypse or like twenty twenty five years in. Like, I'm I'm just a sucker for that shit. Like, I love just like mm-hmm. exploring all these houses of just like that are frozen in time, like basically 2005 or six or, or no, when's it? No, 2013. Oh, 2013. You're right. Sorry. I was thinking cause the PS five, um, mm-hmm. 2013 or whatever, like just seeing all, like just seeing the houses like that. Like I love exploring that shit. That's why like, I love the fallout games and stuff like that. Cause that's like always my favorite time. But I think the story is pretty dope. I'd see a lot of people like chirping in. It's just, you know, I, I would think just like, I would, at least read a synopsis or something and make a decision for yourself. Cause like th- it's certainly brutal. And, and I see a lot of people kind of complain about like just how brutal it is and stuff, but it, I don't think it's any more like graphic or brutal than like last of us or some other games. Like it's just like a really violent fucking game. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, like every like I haven't ran into any issues, glitches, slowdowns, nothing like that. Like it's a really polished, like amazing game. Like I can't like I just I would much rather I would love to just play Last of Us like a sequel like every two years. Like just give me this game like every couple of years. Like I would just eat that shit up all the time because it's so like well made and and done like. I don't know. I'm assuming they're not done with like I'm assuming Naughty Dog's done with Uncharted, but but like Sony isn't. I don't know about Last of Us though. Like I feel like you know, I feel like Naughty Dog will go on to do something after this, you know. Um, but I I love it. Uh, it's I know people were kind of like, oh, Last of Us ended so well, you didn't need to do a sequel. But I'm I'm not in that boat. Like I I just I'm digging it so much. Like it's it's so good. I think you can be in that boat and still dig it. Like the Last of Us one ended perfectly, and I think it was perfectly wrapped up because they didn't expect to get as much traction in the green light for a sequel. Yeah, like it's such a self-contained story because it was such a risk for Sony to pour all that money into it that yeah. they were totally ready for it to just exist by itself. And then it became like 200 Game of the Year awards and 10 million units or whatever. Yeah, like I think it sold more than any of the Uncharted games, right? I don't know if that's true. Maybe not. I four. can't confirm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. But what, what? I don't know. What are your? What are your like? We've already kind of talked a little bit, and we've we've kind of we disagree a little bit on some of the story stuff. But we, I don't mm-hmm. think it's really the time to go into that. Maybe yeah, no, we, we could do like a spoiler class maybe when we beat it. But I I will say no spo- with no spoilers. I think the inciting reason for this game feels forced to me and new characters are injected for the purposes of just creating a new conflict in a way that didn't feel natural to me in a way everything that happened in the first last of us felt really natural and true to those characters but Mm. that's my only real beef with it at this point my experience has also been really weird with it because i'm coming off of beating the last of us the past couple times on on grounded so the first time i got to enough ammo in this game where it said full i didn't i like i, I didn't remember that you could have full ammo <laughs> having played on grounded so i was like what do you mean full i have a backpack <laughs> just stuff it in there i know actually my one real complaint and i i might bump it up but i don't just like playing it's tough like playing with the you know, with my daughter, because I don't want you to play this game around her, just because of how fucking brutal it is, <laughs> is that it is, like, so far pretty easy. Like, even when I get shot and stuff, I'm like, oh, I got to heal up. And then I look at my health, and I'm like, oh, it's barely it's barely gone down. And I'm, I'm playing on, on normal. I, I chose to go through normal on this. I'm on normal, too. I I, it's, I I might bump it up. I don't know what... I think I think it's hard in Survivor. I don't think I'll go to Survivor. Survivor takes out the list. Also, I hadn't played with listen mode since launch when I played it on hard for the last I one. And listen mode I is just broken, dude. Yeah, I don't even use listen mode. I just I just don't hold R one. Like I just don't use it. Oh, that's the other thing. I had to switch the. I had to do the same thing when Uncharted Four came out because Uncharted One to Three on the PS3 L one and R one were aim and shoot because those buttons were more reliable than the triggers. So I would tried to play that first hour of Uncharted and I kept defaulting to that because that's how I played Uncharted. Eventually I just went in and they had like a classic control scheme, which I appreciated. There's none of that for Last of Us. So I had to like look up the controls for Last of Us on PS3 and like reassign them all to match because mm. it that's was just funny. tripping. I was just, I played so much Last of Us that moving all the controls around really tripped me up. So now I'm playing it like the same way it was on PS3 with controls. So Last of Us 1 sold 20 million units by October of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, by May of 2019, Uncharted 4 sold 15 million copies. So, oh, so guaranteed all the Uncharted games beat it. 
Uh, yeah, like I'm sorry, one, two, three, Golden Abyss, and four beat The Last of Us probably. Oh yeah, but it seems like Last of Us was the best-selling game, um, even after Uncharted Four. Hmm. But I mean, nothing's then, hit crash numbers for Naughty Dog. That was probably the biggest game they'll ever make because they've kind of like yeah narrowed down into a more specific maybe this game though M rated M rated. No, 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 no. Nothing will ever do as well as Crash did for Naughty Dog. Crash would what just is, had such sell? a big market. Crash One was one of the best selling PS One games. Like you look at Crash. Here, here. Yeah, no, no, because it's E for everyone. You know that's why it'll never. Crash Bandicoot One on the PS One had twenty two million copies sold, and then all oh, wow. the ones after that did just as good, if not better. So like they'll never hit Crash numbers. But like, nor should they. They're right. making a an M rated story driven experience that that's very different audience. Yeah, no multiplayer in this too. Like, I really like playing it too. Is just like, oh, like I really fucking wish factions was in this. Then like, I would. Dude, I feel like I would just crush factions. I know, I know. I I still holding uh, out that factions is coming out. Um, they they said they they are making a multiplayer experience on the side. Yeah, and, and I still think it's like a PS5 like this year game. I just, I just don't think they want to announce it because they don't want people to like, they don't want like, you know, people to just like be confused at like what Last of Us they should play or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they'll re, they'll like relaunch Last of Us four or two with like factions just kind of quote unquote like built in or whatever like on PS five as just like mm. sort of thing like that's what I think it's going towards, but. Who knows? I just like when I'm playing it, I'm just like, oh, I want this to be, I want factions to be a thing. Like, I, I'm tempted to re download like Last of Us one and just like go back into factions. I'll have you play with me if you want to. Of Ooh, course, I okay. would. That's my favorite multiplayer. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Right, we will. The only other thing that I've been playing is I got the Sega Genesis Mini this week. So I've been playing mm-hmm. some Sega Genesis games, which is awesome. Shinobi 3, one of, the, one of the best platformers ever made. I love that game. Fucking, I crushed that shit this week. I added like nonstop played it. It's awesome. Uh, but I was dabbling in like some Vector Man, some Sonic Two, some good shit. Basically, like my life from like ages like I don't know five to nine, five to ten, yeah, five to ten is basically summed up in that machine. And it's apparently pretty easy to hack too. Like my friend gave me the video like mm. on how to like put more ROMs on it and stuff. So I want to put more games on it eventually. But for now, I'm just mm. enjoying the games that are on there. And I'm still, I'm Excellent. still, will, I'm still like looking into buying my own. Uh, like my own Genesis and Streets of Rage and all that shit. So it'll happen, Steve. I believe. I can't wait. So excited. <sighs> all right, that's it for episode one forty seven of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. I'd like to thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us keep the site running, covering the game dev scene, you can support us over on patreoncom slash devs You'll get a special RSS feed with two day early access to the show. Uh, as well as into a special Patreon-only channel on our Discord. And if you back us at higher than a dollar a month, your name at the end of the credits, like these lovely folks, Aaron McLeod, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Graph Metal, Kai Hutchins, M5 Games, Nicholas Azorko, Nav from Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Slaughter Neko, and Stacey H. Thank you, patrons, for your support. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We'd love to take your feedback, um, either on uh, Apple Podcasts or you can send us an email, reach out on Discord, however you want to give us your feedback. Shout out to the person who, uh, again, brought up Steve's mic issue a couple weeks ago. Appreciate that. 
I hope you're enjoying our now refined audio quality. And of course, check out the show on YouTube. If that's where you like to listen to podcasts, we have those nice new graphics and sounds and, and, uh, we're putting some effort in there. So, uh, we'll also be uploading past live streams there. If you want to check out what we thought of a game and we're thinking of taking some audio segments from this podcast, maybe putting it over footage as like little impressions of games as we talk about them. Um, Hopefully to get all that done. But that's a lot of work on top of our 9 to 5, so bear with us. Thanks for joining me this week, Steve. Where can people find you online if they would like to do so? Uh, Steve Al Crane on all the different things. Sometimes there's an 8. I don't know. Um, but, you know, just join the Discord. That's where I, that's where I live. <laughs> so you can chat with uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so you can follow us on Twitter, at Canada Game Devs. And we're at Canadian Game Devs on Instagram, Facebook, um yeah everywhere else you can find me on twitter at steven riley s-t-e-p-h-a-n-r-e-i-l-o-i and you can uh hang out in the discord where i am pretty much every day talking to people about games that's it for Should this make week a hope you're staying safe out there TikTok? uh staying out of the heat um staying six feet away from people and we will talk to you next week bye bye Turn down. I have to turn down my like headset volume because sometimes it picks up and has an echo for like what you're saying through my headset. So yeah, I always I turn it down too. a bunch. Okay. <clears throat> hello, hello. Too loud. Um. What up? Yeah, I'm good. Let's drop it to. Hello, hello. Okay, that's better. <laughs>